Ugh, I love Jenny Kane. At this very moment, I'm feeling so comfy and cozy as I'm practically getting a hug from my Jenny Kane crop cashmere cocoon cardigan. I am enjoying this sweater so much that I've been living in it all spring long. And with Mother's Day just around the corner, this is a feeling you can gift all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life by giving them the gift of Jenny Kane. Along with bringing you this episode, Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed so super easy. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. Jenny Kane means luxurious cashmere sweaters, iconic accessories, elevated versions of your everyday basics, plus the most incredible home essentials. For a limited time, Birthful listeners get 15% off their first order. Go to JennyKane.com and use the code BIRTHFUL15 to get 15% off and support the show. Jenny Kane is known for their quintessential sweaters, with their cotton collection providing you with the perfect everyday pieces as the days get warmer. But they also have gorgeous sundresses in a variety of silhouettes for any occasion and spectacular sandals to go along with them. Find the perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring go-tos at JennyKane.com. Birthful listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code BIRTHFUL15 at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com, promo code BIRTHFUL15. Get yourself and the mothers in your life the gift of Jenny Kane. Diaper rash. It can be a truly uncomfortable experience for a baby. And so I find that one of the biggest conundrums when diapering is figuring out what diaper cream to use. So many options are thick and goopy, making them hard to apply and hard to wipe off. But I can personally say that this is not the case for Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician-approved skin protectant that is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, designed as a breathable formula to help maintain an optimal skin barrier while allowing the healing to occur. This butt balm was developed by a mom who is also a doctor, hence the name Dr. Mom Butt Balm, when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash and she wasn't about to settle. So she created Dr. Mom Butt Balm to go on smooth and be easy to remove while also being gentle on your baby's delicate skin. With Dr. Mom Butt Balm, you can say goodbye to excessive wiping to clean your little one's already chafed skin. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is so soft and goes on so smooth that you'll only need a small amount instead of having to layer on a thick goop. Plus, it has a lovely minty scent. Learn more about Dr. Mom Butt Balm at DrMomButtBalm.com That's DrMomButtBalm.com or look for it at Amazon.com. Hello, hello, mighty parent or parent-to-be. Welcome to Birthful. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we're going to be talking about better sleep during pregnancy as part of our movement and body wellness and pregnancy series. 
Now, it's easy to forget what a difference a good night's sleep makes. And between body aches and a mind that won't quiet down, heartburn, and then the never-ending trips to the bathroom, getting a good night's sleep while pregnant can seem like an impossible goal, which is why you need to be even more intentional about it. And I know that as a culture, we're really not great at prioritizing sleep like we do nutrition or movement, for example. But there is so much mounting and exciting research being done on how melatonin and circadian rhythms impact fertility, implantation, miscarriage, and maybe even protect against preeclampsia. Also, it turns out that the placenta produces melatonin and the uterus has melatonin receptors that work in conjunction with oxytocin, which then may have a lot to do with why most labors happen during the middle of the night. And if we want to get more specific, studies show that the peak hours for the onset of labor and birth is between 11 p.m. and 4 a.m., So, according to the Sleep Foundation, by the third trimester, nearly 80% of pregnant people experience insomnia. Great, right? It seems almost cruel that when you're having the most difficulty sleeping is when you might need it the most. But considering the shifts in melatonin, cortisol, and all the other hormones that are doing this great new dance inside your body right now at this moment— and your heightened state of mental alert, you know, to protect your growing baby from, say, predators like tigers and such, right? Your limbic brain doesn't know the difference. So with all those hormones and that heightened state of mental alert, it does make sense that your body would be more sensitive to the impact of light exposure, of stress, and spicy or hard-to-digest foods if you eat them late at night. Also, the correlations don't stop at pregnancy and birth. Going to sleep later at night may increase your chance of postpartum depression, and then the beat of your own circadian rhythm during pregnancy may impact the foundation of your baby's own circadian rhythm, which can then impact their health into adulthood. I know, there's just so much to it. It's The research is deep and broad. This is all a lot, and it may make you want to freak out, but instead of doing that, let's take a deep breath and acknowledge that our societal systems are not supportive of our physiological needs, that we have not been taught to prioritize sleep, and how this is a great opportunity for you to dismantle those beliefs and shift things for your health and the health of your baby. Figuring out what can make your sleep better now and starting to build some sustainable habits will pay off and then some when you have a newborn if not for any other reason, that it will make it less overwhelming. Plus, there's also the benefit of being able to model these habits for your growing family as well. So then, how can you get better sleep during pregnancy? Joining me for this talk is Marta Carlo, who is a powerhouse on a mission to transform lives and evolve humanity through holistic education and expressive arts. And when I say she's a powerhouse, just hold on to your hat. Mar is the founder of about seven different organizations, including the Association of Professional Sleep Consultants and the International Parenting and Health Institute, which is now a nonprofit organization. So that is very exciting. 
Personally, Mar is an avid researcher and holistic educator with an abundance of trainings and experience in the health, fitness, parenting, business, and expressive arts industries. Mar's got about 17 different titles and identities with a multitude of certifications, training, and management under her belt. And I am not going to name them all, but relevant to this episode is that Mar is an adult pregnancy and child sleep coach, a holistic educator, a stress management coach, and a mother. She's also a first-generation American raised by her Latinx immigrant family in New York City, and she now lives in California. I really hope you enjoy the broad and holistic approach that Mar brings to the topic of getting you better sleep. And also, I am not sure how it happened, but by the end, we connected the dots between your better sleep and improving the world. So here's to lots and lots of nourishing and replenishing sleep for you and for all of us. You're listening to Birthful, here to inform your intuition. Mar, it is so wonderful to have you back here on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So for listeners who are not familiar with you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your relation to sleep? Sure. Uh, Well, just a little bit about my background. I am a holistic health, lifestyle, and business coach. I began working with individuals and groups um, through group exercise, personal training, yoga, Pilates, and then got into the whole birth and parenting field upon becoming a parent myself. Um, Studying health and fitness for many years, I have worked with many clients, all different ages. And not only is fitness about exercise, but a lot of what we talk about in fitness is um, nutrition and also sleep. And I've been noticing a lot of sleep deprivation happening with a lot of my clients throughout their um you know, throughout their life that I have kept up with, but in particularly when I got more into the birth and parenting field during pregnancy. And so when I started uh, getting deeper into my work and then also developing programs and courses, as you know, one of the most interesting things that I had discovered was that the support systems and the services that were prominent for sleep throughout this stage were particularly starting um, when children were around four to six months. And so that brought me to question why we don't have sleep support and services beginning during pregnancy. And that's how I really began then my mission and that all unfolded from there. Yeah. And it is such a, such a, an aha moment that you had. I mean, it's not like, oh, you hit for six months and suddenly there's this wealth of information of what to do with your kid. Like there's plenty that happens leading up to that moment. And I think it's great that we're going to be talking about it today from the point of view of mom and her sleep needs during pregnancy and how maybe those sleep disturbances and issues start to creep up more during that those nine months. Yes, absolutely. There's no question. Let's get right to it. What makes sleeping during pregnancy so difficult? Why is this so hard? Well, naturally, a a woman's body is undergoing a lot of physiological and biochemical changes. She's experiencing, you know, hormone changes, uh, which are going to affect then not just her physiology, but also emotionally. Her body from the time that she's conceiving 
up until, you know, she's giving birth is just constantly going through these changes and also living in a culture and a society globally, because I don't think this is just in the United States. I, as you know, I work globally. And um, interestingly enough, with today's culture and modern day culture and those that are, you know, working in the modern day culture, the nine to five jobs, the smartphones, the iPads, the computers, the televisions, there's so much overstimulation and so much overexposure to light. And we're turned on and overstimulated quite often that the body's ability to uh, recuperate from that to settle and to transition into a state of rest becomes that much more challenging. So I feel between the um, physiological and biochemical changes that a pregnant woman is already undergoing, on top of that, we have a cultural issue happening that is adding to that, not making it any easier. There's maybe worries and fears that come up and all sorts of different things. Right. And our bodies as as human beings, we're constantly in, in cyclical production of hormones, cyclical production of, you yes. know, of systems, of digestive systems and respiratory systems. And it's all a cycle. And so is our need for sleep. And it makes sense that with the disturbances that we're seeing in terms of affecting our circadian rhythms and our circadian clock, our biological clocks in terms of exposure to light and changes in our sleep, that we're not giving our bodies the chance to tone into those signals and properly repair. So it's a messy signal what we're, do- what we're giving our bodies. Exactly. And you know, it's so interesting because if you look at our childbirth education and even all the programming that is available during pregnancy, pregnancy sleep is not often talked about, uh, surprisingly enough. And just like you said, the body's, um, the body's ability to repair and restore is essential. It is no different than brushing one's teeth, than our hygiene, than, you know, all the things that we do to take care of giving ourselves proper nutrition. Sleep is just as high of a priority. And if we're not aware of that, and if we're compromising that in any way, then that definitely is going to catch up with us, especially during this time when, you know, so many additional changes are happening. Yeah. So because usually when we think about pregnancy sleep, we tend to focus and and, and I think I want to do this too. like start out with what is exclusively brought upon from pregnancy. Right. So you have like more aches and pains and and having to pee means you have to wake up more during the night. What are some ways to help with those sort of physical symptoms of pregnancy to get a better night's sleep? Thank you. It's a really great question. So yeah, just like you mentioned, common nausea, bladder pressure, especially as you're going further into the trimesters. Fatigue is very common also. Uh, Restless leg syndrome might happen, insomnia and sleep apnea and and so on. Some of the best ways to support um, preventing or reducing your chances of of any of these, not only from occurring, but even from maybe minimally experiencing them is to number one, take what I call daily pauses throughout the day. Take, give your body the opportunity, not just to experience what it's like to rest and recuperate at night, but to be able throughout the day to train and teach your body to come to a state of rest. Even if it's for five minutes or 10 minutes to, um, work on breathing, 
to allow your body to feel what it's like to settle, just to, to stop moving altogether is, is a huge thing to introduce to the body during pregnancy. Nutrition is huge as well because most often people are not aware that they're anti and pro sleep foods. There are foods that will support and enhance sleep and foods that will actually prevent one from sleeping. And these are not just, you know, typically we hear, oh, you know, be careful of consuming raw foods or alcohol or caffeine, things like that. But there's actually, let's say nightshade vegetables, for example, that can interfere with sleep and lots of other foods that one would never think of that might affect sleep, um, that also will affect the ability to wake up at night. And in terms of going to the bathroom at night, you might hear the suggestion or advice, you know, make sure not to drink, uh, before bed, you'll have to get up at night. That definitely has some definitely truth to it. But what I would say is if the body is well hydrated, throughout the day, then usually the need at night to hydrate more doesn't happen because what happens a lot of times, which is another issue, is that we get easily dehydrated without even knowing it. And especially uh, pregnant and postpartum women are dehydrated quite often. And if we hydrate our bodies throughout the day and are very conscious of it, that will allow for not the need at nighttime to then have to make up for that. In the same way that in the daytime, we're going to take daily pauses, five or 10 minutes. I think I've mentioned in one of your other podcasts, this really great tool that I love called the Calm app that I uh, suggest quite often for a lot of my clients. And you can use it on your smartphone at night. If you happen to wake up in the middle of the night, you can put it on airplane mode so you're not hit with the Wi-Fi. And you have an ability to choose different settings, you know, from a minute to five minutes, and it will guide you through an exercise where you can just experience a sense of relaxation and calm. It's, it's really wonderful. Oh, it is. I love any of the apps that help you get into the habit of meditation and mindfulness every single day, because it doesn't take much. You can do three minutes, one minute. It's just about doing it on a regular basis. In our house, we are big on hydrating. Aside from all the important health benefits, I find that if I'm not well hydrated, I get these brutal headaches. So it's really important for me to hydrate. However, I do not like the taste of tap water and I cannot bring myself to buy bottled water because of all the plastic waste. So for years, we did pitcher filters, but then we switched to AquaTrue water purifiers. And after tasting the deliciousness of their truly clean water, we are never going back. What makes AquaTrue so unique is that they use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. This process removes 15% more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, also known as forever chemicals, that are found in almost 45% of U.S. tap water. You can also forget about having to change filters every two to three months because AquaTrue filters last from six months to two years. Now, if plastic bottles are your thing, just one set of filters from AquaTrue's classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. Today, my listeners receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com 
and enter the code BIRTHFUL at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the promo code B-I-R-T-H-F-U-L. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You've taken gorgeous photos of your baby or your kids, and then when you want to share them, it is a pain either trying to find the photos or figuring out the group text that they should go to, and then also remembering that, say, Aunt Helen only does email, so you need to send her image separately. Or like in my case, where my husband is a photographer who takes magnificent photos that I rarely actually get to see because they live on his phone or end up scattered in text messages that I can't easily find. Enter the Family Album app, which was created to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with your loved ones. Basically, it's a personal space for your family's memories without third-party ads or unwanted eyes and with a bunch of fabulous features. It automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and easily see how your child has grown. And you can also order eight photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. The Family Album app also has unlimited storage. Plus, it's totally free. Yup, no more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by third-party ads. So, to all the parents out there still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, level up your family photo game for free and securely with the Family Album photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, all in one word, and download the app to start creating your shared photo legacy. Tamar, we mentioned taking daily pauses during the day, focusing on good nutrition, not eating foods that can keep you up, staying well hydrated. What other things are important to take into account during this time? Yes. Um, This is also a really great time because besides some of these um, physiological things happening, like having to go to the bathroom at night and, you know, uh, waking up, let's say, from even physical discomforts, pregnancy is a time where a lot of emotions come up for a variety of reasons. Some of the emotions can be due to the hormonal fluctuations and changes, but some of it can actually be brought up. And there's a lot of birth psychology that goes into this and a wonderful organization known as APA, the Association of uh, Pre and Perinatal uh, Psychology and Health. Uh, lots of studies go into the fact that during pregnancy, it's not uncommon for women to start to experience or recall or be conscious of their own birth experience and journey, and a lot of those fears arising. Um, and as a result, even more importantly so, Along with the physiological and biochemical changes happening, it's a great time to pay attention to the emotional work, any unresolved issues, any fears. It's a great time to address those during this time as well. Yeah. And a lot of people that are pregnant do clearly tell you about like these crazy dreams that they start having when they're pregnant, right? Of that extra, (laughs) of the extra activity that their brain is going through and being more, I I don't know if it's so much extra activity, but them being more aware and in tune and recalling all of those dreams that they're having. Absolutely. And that's why two naps are essential throughout the day 
also. So not everyone I understand when I work with clients say naps, I, I don't have time to take a nap because they've got their work and different things. And that's where then I, you know, like to be practical and realistic. I put in those daily pauses for them. And like I said, they don't have to be any more than five or 10 minutes throughout the day. And maybe every three hours you're doing that. And your body then is learning um, how to come to a state of stillness, how to come to a state of, and I wouldn't say stillness in terms of passive, because when you are putting your focus, let's say on a breathing exercise or on visualization, you actually are active, but you are in another state. You are in a state that is allowing your body to tap into the restorative state. And so that's going to then provide a lot of benefits. I also do want to say, um, in regards to the nighttime waking for, um, going to the bathroom and having to pee, for example, I had mentioned, um, you know, uh, hydrating throughout the day. But what I would also mention that sometimes people are unaware of is a lot of our foods have high sodium. And when we have a lot of sodium, for example, in your food content, that also can lead very easily to dehydration or, or bloating. And so, and then you'll feel like, you know, more thirsty. So I would also suggest to just, again, be more aware of and more conscious of not only hydrating throughout the day, but, you know, really looking at what you're putting in your body. And particularly if there's things that are extra salty or spicy or things like that, they're definitely going to affect your body's ability to, you know, retain or have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And I'm glad you came back to the food and the nutrition part because I was going to ask you a little bit more about those. Can you list a couple more of the foods that are pro-sleep and some of them to avoid before going to sleep? Sure. So just a general rule of thumb, because one thing is that everybody, of course, has, um, you know, maybe a different health history or a slightly different cultural background or diet so I don't come from a learning a style or approach where everybody has to, you know, come to the one size fits all nutrition approach, same with sleep. So when it comes to understanding, you know, what's appropriate for my body, one of the best things to understand is how our body is affected by what we eat and drink, particularly foods that will swell or um, inflame uh, any pro-inflammatory foods. So there are foods that tend to be more pro-inflammatory and term to uh, tend to disrupt um, the body's natural systems and people are more sensitive to them. So for example, gluten, I know there's gluten-free breads, but in general, right, uh, any kind of food with gluten in them, dairy is known, believe it or not. I know a lot of people who love dairy, but dairy is in so many things. And I'm not saying to avoid it, but just be aware, say, like similar with sodium, to minimize the dairy intake, especially if you're feeling congested because the dairy will actually exacerbate the congestion and the swelling. So avoiding dairy products, gluten products. Um, the other thing is big meals. So having smaller meals will allow the body's ability to digest a lot easier because digestion actually takes up a lot of energy. So if you've had actually a very, let's say you've had a, a salad and you're feeling like, oh, everything I've eaten is very healthy and good for me, but it's a huge salad and there's a lot to break down and digest. If your digestion is working very, very hard, it, your body's ability to come into a state of rest 
fully is going to be compromised. So, you know, watching and making sure that, you know, you know, what I say is mindful eating because what happens a lot of times is we're unaware, but we eat in this day and age very quickly. A lot of us, let's say, consume our meals within five to 10 minutes, and it takes about 20 minutes before your brain really gets the signal that, oh, you've ingested food and we're processing that food. And by the time that comes, people are already on their second and third portions thinking that, oh, I'm hungrier. And in fact, it's just that their body hasn't had time to process because they've been like, not even chewing their food, they're swallowing their food. Yeah. So I think the way that we eat, you know, making sure we're taking the time to eat, chew our food, being very mindful, allowing the digestion process to happen, being aware when we actually feel full, um, hydrating, those are all essential foundations that will be key elements to any, you know, one's nutrition. Um, Things that will disrupt um, sleep, let's say, are, like I said, nightshade vegetables. So any, if you look up online, um, nightshade vegetables, usually these are vegetables that are darker in color, like eggplant, um, potatoes, like the darker, you know, shade ones, things like that. Spicy foods, ice cream, corn, you know, anything that's going to, you know, like the, the foods that we absolutely love, you know, pizza, <laughs> all those kinds of things usually tend to be the biggest disruptor. So I would say, don't deprive yourself or feel like you're avoiding it because that already is going to actually psychologically, you're going to want more of it. What you would do as a result is just, you know, put it in the, in a time of day where it's going to make sense and where your body's going to have the ability to process. So if you really want to have your pizza or you really want your ice cream or popcorn, put those, or even your nightshade vegetables, put those in a part of your day that is well ahead of time, like caffeine. You know, some people love having their coffee, but if you have it before, you know, 2 PM chances that your sleep's going to be disrupted and you're up late at night is going to, you know, minimize. So you want to be aware of things like that. Absolutely. And also, when you're pregnant, your stomach is so squished that if you gobble up tons of food and don't let your body give you the signal, oh, I'm full, you're kind of extending that a bit too much. And then it's it's just going to want to come up. Exactly. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. And also, on that note as well, it's also a good time to understand some people may already be aware that they have food sensitivities or allergies, but it's not uncommon that during or after pregnancy, people may develop them just because of all the different changes happening in their system. Um, Just something to be aware of. And then also I think this is why it's even a more important time to ensure that the foods that you're buying are the highest quality foods while an organic fruit or vegetable Um, or even meat might be more expensive in the long run, it's going to be less expensive because if you are giving yourself high quality foods and avoiding foods that might have potential toxins or, you know, elements to them that might affect your body, you'll be avoiding, you know, having to see the doctor and those medical bills down the road. So Mar, what are some of the other ways that you can, address getting better sleep during pregnancy? We kind of focus on the physical aspects and and how nutrition ties into it, which is great. I'm glad we talked about that because I don't think it's something that people necessarily think about when they're considering better sleep, right? But what other things can expectant people do to help them sleep better during pregnancy? 
Sure. So I'll go into these. These are just general tips, but I think they're very helpful to at least get one started to investigate more. One of the key tips I give everyone is to evaluate their lifestyle, their health and family history. There's so many things that affect sleep. And it's interesting, you know, you had mentioned, yes, nutrition, absolutely a factor. And Um, You know, even environments a factor. There's all these biological, biochemical changes happening, but there's no question that, you know, even genetically, a family member could have had a sleep issue and that could have been passed on to us or, or feelings or things, recollections come up from experiences when we were children during this time. So it's a really great time to just pay attention to that, to evaluate that to work out any feelings, like I'd mentioned uh, earlier, um, if you have overwhelming fears that are coming up, anger, anxieties, giving yourself permission to ask and receive support during this time to work through them, to understand them is really, really important. You're giving yourself, not only you're giving yourself the greatest gift by doing that, but you're also then giving your child the greatest gift by doing that as well. Uh, some other things is, you know, because I had mentioned earlier, the um, stimulation with the light and a lot of the excessive lights that we have today. Uh, Really inviting a transition into darkness is key. When I've worked with a lot of pregnant women, I have found that they go, 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 go all day. And then when they are ready for bed, the lights go off and they expect themselves to fall asleep instantly. And in the same way that just imagine the sun setting how it takes time and there's like a transition, right? Like there's literally a transition. It's not like all of a sudden within a second, it goes from light to dark. Mm -hmm. And that similar transition that happens in nature, the same happens with ourselves. So when we allow ourselves, let's just say that normally we are going to go to bed at 10 PM at night, give yourself at least an hour minimum prior to that to start dimming the lights. Uh, A lot of smartphones these days have what's called a night shift feature. So when you put your phone or iPad, maybe even computer on night shift, it's going to transition your screen from blue light, which is the light that we get throughout the day that stimulates to more of an amber kind of light, which will then help your body transition and prepare for sleep. Um, So shifting, dimming your lights, shifting into a night shift um, and night If possible, I know sometimes people living in cities and things like that can't avoid certain noises and things, but if possible, making any kind of, there's loud noises, TV, lowering volumes of things, um, working with music, if you like music, you know, really setting an ambiance, like almost like a spa, you know, imagine like this amazing spa where you're like, oh, I'm just going to unwind. Maybe you want to take a bubble bath, things like that. Another tip is keeping a journal and pen handy by your bedside. There's nothing like allowing yourself to process. Sometimes when we wake up in the middle of the night and we have, you know, different thoughts, oh, I have to pay this bill. Oh, I got to do that. Oh, I got to cancel this, whatever it is. The ability to write it down to, it gives one the security that, okay, it's there, it's done. You get it out of your mind on paper. That's going to give one a better opportunity to go into a deeper rest. If you just hold it in your mind and you keep on replaying it over and over, that's going to be very challenging. Um, There are apps, like I said, if that also happens and the journaling doesn't work for you, you could do a calm app. There's also what I love, which is called Yoga Nidra, um, which is a, it's actually yogic sleep. 
And if you have a hard time napping or the calm nap is not for you, yoga nidra, which can be done within 15 minutes, 30 minutes, one hour, I believe one hour of yoga nidra is equivalent to about three to four hours of sleep. That's, that's how restful and restorative this practice is. Uh, so I would rec- recommend that as well. Reducing any kind of EMFs. So, you know, if you have a lot of Wi-Fi, a lot of electric uh, electronics plugged in, unplugging those. It's funny. Uh, sometimes people say to me when I ask them if they have their phone or smartphone by their bedside and I say, you know, put it on airplane. They're like, why? And they kind of, you know, roll their eyes at me a little bit like, okay, you know, you'll sleep better. And I'm like, just try it, just experiment. And if it doesn't work, it's fine. But surprisingly, the amount of clients that I've had that that works for is, is tremendous. Let's see a few more other tips. Room temperature can absolutely affect during pregnancy with all these fluctuations and changes, being aware of your room temperature, usually between 68 to 72 degrees. But again, that's going to be slightly different from person to person, but finding the temperature that feels most comfortable for you that you feel um, you can be more well rested in. Also air quality is very important when you're evaluating your bedroom environment. You want to ensure that you have enough, um, even if you don't have many windows, you still have, you know, um, clear air coming through. So you might keep your door open. You know, if there's any fragrances or candles or things that are stuffing up the room or dust, you know, those all can affect our ability to sleep as well. So I would look into that. Let's see. Oh, sunlight is very, very important. So, you know, when we wake up every day, the light sets our clock. It's, it, 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 it's the signal at which we start, you know, the day and it's like, okay, we're up now. It's important on a daily basis when possible to get uh, natural unfiltered sunlight, especially through your eyes and through your pineal gland. And of course, you don't want to stare at the sun at 12 in the afternoon, nothing like that. But it's more like first thing in the morning, you know, when you're up, whatever time that is, six, seven, some people, 8 a.m., allowing yourself to just get a, some sunlight, you know, 10, 15 minutes uh, when possible is important. You'd be surprised how many people, especially during the winter time, don't see sunlight for many days because they wake up before the sun rises and then they're, in, they're at work and then the sun sets already. I was going to ask you, like, in terms of that, if you live in a very cloudy city or you are affected by winter quite a bit, that you have to wake up before the sun is out and shining, if you can even see it. Is there, so would using some of the the sad lights, the lights that recreate the sunlight, would that be a helpful practice as well? Yes, those are. And what I would say, because it is important that people really evaluate what's appropriate for them. What I would also do is if, if you are in that situation, I would, it wouldn't hurt to actually, you know, see a a naturopath or someone who's a sleep coach or consultant that can actually provide you more information that can be more customized to your needs. Those light and, and those lights, you know, you can try them out, but sometimes what happens is depending on many other factors, when you use them, how long you use them, we have to take all that into consideration. But there's no question that during the, that time, and when you're living, especially like in Alaska or those northern countries like Sweden, you know, 
Um, you're going to have winters uh, where it's, it's darkness for a long, long time. Yeah, and, and Rochester is pretty, yeah. pretty cloudy. So we've got that problem. Yeah. And I also know that all depend. No, it's a great recommendation to check in with a care provider to help you guide your needs because it also depends on what the intensity of the bulb is. And, and so that'll determine how far the light needs to be from you to yes. actually get the benefits. So it's not just like, go turn it on and walk around. <laughs> Exactly. Absolutely. There, there's there's no question about that. So let's see. Any other considerations? Yeah, you know, evaluating one's stress, um, if there's any relationship issues. Sometimes, you know, during pregnancy, it does happen. Relationship issues may come up and it's natural for us to want to avoid it. Say, oh, you know, after the baby's born, everything will be fixed um, because, you know, the baby will bring us closer together. Uh, oh no! If you are right, right, exactly. <laughs> if you're in a situation where relationship issues are coming up, I would encourage you and empower you to seek the support you need. It's actually in the same way that you would be doing that for yourself with your own fears and emotions, working through any relationship issues with your significant other. Uh, this is a great time to do it during pregnancy, and you'd be surprised not only how much you can work through but how much preparation, a strong preparation and foundation that sets up for your child. Absolutely. And and one of the things I really like about your approach is like all these tips that you gave, they were extremely holistic. It takes into account your whole being and, 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 and your physiological, psychological and emotional and all your bodies, basically. And how that ties into your relationships and your family in order to just give you complete well-being that will then in turn also create better sleep, but which is the goal, right? You're focusing it that way. If you're setting up these structures to help you get better sleep and get better habits and sort of better sleep hygiene during pregnancy, how does that affect and correlate and benefit what will happen during postpartum, which is a period of so so much sleep hardship when you're being woken up by Absolutely. your child on a constant basis? Absolutely. It's such a great question. Oh my gosh. And we could talk so much about this. This is, this is why I also love this work so much. You know, it's very interesting. A lot of my work, uh, and thank you for mentioning the holistic and integrative part, because I think the the more we expand and understand all of us together, ourselves, and just how we relate to ourselves and one another, we actually learn how much more we actually are connected, how things are much more connected than we think they are. And it's interesting because a lot of the work that I've been doing is also around parenting and the influence of, of and the challenges that parents experience between themselves and their children of, of all kinds. And interestingly enough, a parent's lifestyle, behavior, what they role model more than anything, is pretty much one of the strongest influences of their child. And so quite often I've said it's not children that need sleep training, it's the parents, because, you know, parents are on their smartphones, they're on their computer, they're stressed out, they're going through so much, and then they expect their babies to sleep. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm full of anxiety, I'm holding my child, my child needs to get sleep, and my child needs to sleep. It's interesting because a lot of times we think that the solution is to, to, to fix is through the child, which yes, that there's truth to that. But a lot of times the solution begins with ourselves. Mm. When we understand 
where our weakest link is, whether uh, it's emotional, nutritional, whether it's lifestyle related, maybe we've, we've gotten into a routine that's very disorganized and things are all over the place. And, you know, children, pregnancy and children bring out and show us, you know, what's working and what's not working. And when we realize that we have an opportunity to go, whoa, my child in this situation is showing me areas of myself and my life that could use a lot of improvement. And so it goes hand in hand, right? Um, because what I always say is that when you're in a family, even if it's just one parent and a child, still a family, it's, 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 you're in a team. And it's important that everybody's needs are met. So it's not about, you know, the parent just leading the child or the, or the child just leading the parent. It's about both learning to work cohesively together, everybody synchronizing, co-regulating, adapting to one another's ways, influencing one another. And so when during pregnancy and during the postpartum phase, when the more that we ground ourselves, the more we center ourselves, the more we get ourselves in order, we are navigators of our ship. And so we then have that ability to have the strength, the power to handle, you know, all situations. And when our child is having any issues, the answers that at one time seems to us uh, very much out of this world and not connected to us actually become much more clear. And what I will tell you is that very interestingly enough, I think there's over Amazon has over 180,000 parenting guides out there. That's a lot. And part of what's happening is that parents to be and parents are being bombarded with a lot of information, a lot of controversial information, and a lot of times are second guessing themselves. While there is absolutely tremendous value in everything we're learning outside of ourselves, we all have what's called a, an intuition. And all of us really do know what's best in any given moment, in any given situation. And I think part of what's happened is that many of us have become disconnected from our own intuition because for many, many years, we've been relying so much on the outer to, to give us direction instead of really going within and going, okay, what's happening here? What, it, what is, you know, what is this situation telling me? What is my child telling me? You know, where can we go from here? And then trusting the, that the answer is not only arising, but when you connect with that, then of course, I mean, like I do it all the time. I actually will connect with my intuition, but then I will also ask others. I'll say, Hmm, you know, I was thinking this, what do you think? You know, and then I'll go back and I'll reflect, but I'll go back and forth. And so I think that, um, it's very, very important during pregnancy and during the, especially early stages of parenting that parents are aware of their own lifestyle behavior, how that influences their child, and that they, what they're role modeling is many times can, can make or break a situation for their child's sleep. And what I will tell you is there's, there are many exceptions. If a child's experiencing a medical issue, if they're under the weather, developmental issue, you know, obviously those things within themselves, that's going to affect sleep. And that's not, you know, a parent will be aware of those things, but that obviously is not directly being influenced by a parent's behavior or lifestyle, right? So there's, there's those examples. But the last thing that I will say to this is that question, 
before making any assumptions to your child's sleep, one of the biggest mistakes I continue to see over and over again is that when there is a child's sleep challenge, no matter at what stage, right away, we seek the answers. We say, you know, my child needs help with sleep. Right away, people give us answers without doing a full investigation. And it's very, very important because like I said earlier, the root of this child sleep challenge may be due to a number of things. It can be tied into a developmental issue, environmental issue, medical issue, emotional issue, you know, from the situation and so on and so on. And I think that, like you were saying before regarding the nutrition, that the these are general things that tend to be inflammatory, but for some people they are, for other people they aren't. Figure out what works for you, right? And analyze that and, and run it through your critical filters. I think the same thing can be applicable in terms of all the parenting, like all those guides that you talked about or all the information we get out there or even what we're sharing with listeners today of... You know, listen to what we say, but then take it and internalize it and run it through your critical filters and see if that fits with your reality and test it out. Right. And so the same thing, like, yeah, you you need to really go deep, which is the hard work. It's the hard work trying to analyze. It's so much easier to take a sleep pill, but not as helpful. (laughs) It's, it's, It's helpful in the short run, right? In the very, very short run. But it's so much more beneficial for you to really analyze your relationship with sleep and your habits and try to fix those. Because like you said, yeah, your kids are gonna, pregnancy starts bringing things out. And then when you have a child, it everything bubbles to the surface. You think you were like out to find yourself and define who you were in your whatever 20s or your teenage years. Oh my gosh, nothing really brings you face to face with all your things like motherhood. Absolutely. There's no question. It's like an excavation. (laughs) It's like all coming out. And, and I love how you frame that. You know, for me, it's what I say, it's, it's where the growth is. It's where our human evolution lies. And so you can take the sleeping pill and, and there's nothing against those either. You know, like, again, like what you said, what, what works for you, because it may be a combination. Some of you may need that in combination with the excavation and the personal development. So what works for you, I always go by that experiment, try it out. But what's very interesting is that again, we live in a culture where it's a quick fix and the quick fix is an illusion because no matter how much we think we're giving ourselves or our children a quick fix, there's always an underlying route to the situation. And if we don't excavate it, if we don't bring it to the surface, it is up and we either have an option to avoid it and numb ourselves and keep avoiding it for the rest of our life, or we can see it as an opportunity to to expand, to grow, to evolve. And yes, it's very challenging and difficult, but when you go through that, the reward and the evolution is so tremendous. And I personally feel it actually, what happens within ourselves contributes to humanity. So each time we bring more kindness into our life, we evolve in ourselves, that actually is contributing to the world's evolution. So the more every person, each of us can do our own inner work, that's contributing to the whole world. And we all know we need it. (laughs) (laughs) these days you know oh my goodness and I love how a conversation about how to get better sleep and pregnancy turned out to improving the world (laughs) yes yeah me too Uh, thank you so so much for having this talk with me today it always is lovely to to converse with you it fills my soul 
Oh, me too. My tremendous pleasure. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for what you're doing and offering to everybody. You're such a wonderful resource and I'm so happy that, that you're doing what you're doing. That was the remarkable Mar DiCarlo, who is an international entrepreneur, motivational speaker, holistic educator, curriculum developer, health, life, and business coach, adult pregnancy and child sleep coach, stress management coach, yoga instructor, author, dancer, artist, mother, y paro de contar because Mar DiCarlo has titles like some people have tattoos. However, she's also super accessible, so feel free to contact her on Instagram at mar underscore DeCarlo, and that's M-A-R underscore D-E-C-A-R-L-O. And while you're there on Instagram, you can connect with us at Birthful Podcast. In fact, if you're not driving, it would be so lovely for you to take a screenshot of this episode right now and post it to your stories, sharing your biggest takeaway from the episode. Make sure to tag at Birthful Podcast so we can see it and amplify it. You can find the in-depth show notes and the transcript of this episode at birthful.com, where you can also learn more about me and my birth and postpartum preparation classes and download your free postpartum preparation plan. Also, if you find that this podcast is really giving you your daily, weekly, monthly dose of I can do this, if it's an invaluable resource for you, The best way to support us is by taking any one of my perinatal classes. I have a childbirth education class and a postpartum preparation class. You can also do one of my doula workshops or try out some of the wonderful, wonderful products made by our sponsors. This is what allows us to continue doing this work. Birthful is created and produced by me, Adriana Lozada, with production assistance from Asia Plotty. Thank you so very much for listening to and sharing Birthful with your friends. Be sure to follow us on GoodPod, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and everywhere you listen. And then come back for more ways to inform your intuition. Hey, Mighty One. Did you know that if you started listening to one birthful episode per day at the start of your pregnancy, your baby would be about three months old before you got through all of them? That is so much birthful. So to ease us into the summer and to help you catch up on your listening, we're going back to releasing one episode per week instead of two. Now you know.